Most executives who want to apply artificial intelligence aren't going to go back to Carnegie Mellon or Stanford and get a PhD in AI. Instead, the most productive thing for most execs to do is get an understanding of what AI can do in different spaces, sectors, and capabilities. And that's exactly what this podcast focuses on. Um, today, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence for recruiting and hiring. But the fundamentals here in terms of drinking in data from profiles and in terms of responding and engaging with applicants in this case, those same ideas, those same understanding of AI capabilities would apply potentially to customer service, to marketing, and to different spaces. I thought that there were a lot of great transferable lessons in this particular episode, and that's certainly what we shoot for. Whether you're hiring dozens and dozens of people or whether you're just interested in understanding how AI can engage with individuals on more of a one-to-one -one basis, again, whether that's hiring, marketing, customer service, etc., this should be a fruit episode. In this episode of AI and Industry, we interview Nick Posley, who is the CTO of a company called Alio, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, and we speak with Nick about where artificial intelligence and machine learning are playing a role in recruiting today, how picking the right candidates from a pool is in some way being informed by artificial intelligence, and also how the messages used to engage with and have the first couple kind of text touches with a candidate can be potentially automated and customized with artificial intelligence given the state of the technology today. Again, lots of useful and transferable lessons in this particular topic. We've also got a lot a lot of additional coverage on recruiting and hiring in general. If you go to our website, so E-M-E-R-J, Emerge, E-M-E-R-J.com, and type in hiring or recruiting in the search bar, you're going to find a lot of other interesting material in this space. But I thought that this interview went into some good and healthy depth on the engagement side of the recruiting capability for artificial intelligence, and I hope it'll be helpful for the listeners. So without further ado, I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and you're listening to Nick from Alio. So Nick, where I thought we'd start off is sort of the, the current impact of artificial intelligence in recruiting. There's been a, a slew of sort of companies emerging in this space. Uh, you guys are relatively new in this domain as well, already up to maybe close to 50 employees. Clearly, there's enough promise in the technology itself, but I don't think people know where. Where exactly does AI play a role in recruiting and hiring today? What's it capable of? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects to AI in this space, uh, anywhere from creating new ways to engage candidates and, and automate uh, workflows uh, all the way to doing some, some kind of uh, special matching matching engines and searching and sourcing candidates. So, if, and I think it's playing a role in all those different areas uh, today. And I think from the standpoint of sourcing is where you get a lot more people would call instead of uh, AI, they might re-term it machine learning algorithms that look for a pattern and then try to predict, you know, good candidates or find good candidates based on a specific kind of a pattern that they're looking for. And, and interpret kind of data under, you might think of it as reading between the lines and looking underneath what's in the information that is presented uh, on a given person to really search for, you know, candidates uh, that would meet a certain job criteria. If we look into candidate engagement, it's more along the lines of kind of what we're doing here at Alio, which is uh, natural language processing in terms of being able to have reasonably intelligent conversations and direct candidates gathering information from them and and then using that to um, create a much better experience for them and also to you know, also not just the experience but even 
automate uh, many large uh, pieces of the process for the recruiters and make things easier for them. So maybe we can talk a bit about both of those, Nick, just because I think there's enough to dive into here. And we've seen a ton of different use cases around uh, managing employee performance and kind of onboarding types of applications. And you just touched on a few. You touched on kind of coaxing out the right qualities and candidates. And then you talked about engagement. Maybe we'll talk about the first one first. You know, what I would imagine to be necessary here, if we're going to look at, let's say, LinkedIn profiles, and we're going to find who's likely to perform best in the job, I suspect what we'd want to do is we'd want to understand of our existing employees, and we would likely need many hundreds or, or many thousands, ideally, in a similar role, of the existing employees who are outliers in a good way and outliers in a bad way. Let's say a you know, a food service role at Arby's or let's say, you know, a, a checkout clerk at the Gap or something like that, who are the, the really great employees that, that just, you know, satisfy the customers and treat each other, you know, well or whatever, get great ratings by their boss, whatever the case may be. Um, and then what are their common traits as we drink in their LinkedIn profiles? And then the same thing maybe with the folks that really don't feel like they're a fit. It seems as though this is obviously very kind of exaggerated, oversimplified example, but I would think that we'd need a lot of precedence in order to take in new LinkedIn profiles and make an even reasonable assessment as to whether or not they're a fit. Let me know, I guess, how it looks like in real life. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I think that's uh, certainly true in the um, professional segment that could I do that in, in AI today and have have some people done it? And I think, yes, I mean, there, there is certainly uh, matching engines and algorithms and things that are running that are actually... Uh, able to do these kind of tasks. The issue then becomes, you know, does it introduce some kind of bias into the system? Yeah. And that's kind of the real topical thing that uh, I think there was a recent article about uh, Amazon created some kind of tool to do something like this, and they had to shut it down because it it was biased. You know, so you have to be uh, careful on that standpoint of, of using existing employees because they'll tend to bias towards them. You brought up an important point. I think probably what you're asking a system to do, um, if you're training it on what good employees slash bad employees are based on performance information, for example, and comparing LinkedIn profiles, is you're actually asking it to to discern and to coax out the fits from the non-fits. And so I guess bias in that sense is almost, geez, I mean, it's, it's almost what you're training it to do. I think what you're probably hinting at, although I don't, you, you didn't quite mention it, uh, is maybe bias for some kind of moral factor that maybe we don't like. So maybe if everybody from community college ends up being just a just a absolutely horrible waitress at Arby's or whatever the case may be, maybe we feel like that's terrible because, okay, well, we can't get rid of folks just because they go to community college, or we can't get rid of folks uh, just because they have an Asian last name, for example. It, there seems to be a correlation there, and the machine seems to be picking that up as a feature, and that's not really great. So bias on, on the one side actually seems like it would make sense. It sounds like you're talking about maybe socially inexcusable kinds of uh, segmentation and picking here. I just want to make sure I'm on the right page with you. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, I think in the specific case that I was mentioning uh, for, for Amazon was they found yeah. it had bias against women. So I um, I think that was that was one issue that came up for them. Okay. I just got that there's a general case that that may be a general issue in the industry. But, you know, there's also problems of, you know, I'm taking performance of existing, you know, workers, and then I'm trying to compare that against what their profiles look like. Yeah. However, a lot of the, it heavily depends on the kind of target uh, job market, right? If it's the professional market, 
Maybe they have a, a well done LinkedIn profile. Maybe they don't. So you may be missing out um, if you're solely relying on that. As, Definitely. As yeah. 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 LinkedIn is a sole source would be a very feeble, a very feeble model. But, uh, but as you had brought up, kind of there's clearly some issues with how you want to train these systems. And maybe sometimes there's really distasteful scenarios where over the course of a thousand people, maybe women are tangibly better at a certain job than men. And maybe the machine you know, coaxes out the guys because by the numbers, they're just not doing as well. And maybe someone would say that that's bias or if it was vice versa for men or women, but ouch, kind of touchy if it actually was the truth. You know what I mean? Um, I guess finding ways to calibrate the machines to meet our ethical norms that maybe go beyond just purely performance is a challenge that it sounds like kind of hasn't been solved yet if it hasn't been solved in Amazon. Yes, I would say that that's something that the industry is struggling with. So they may find value, but they're always I think at this point are going to have to keep people in the process. Although you can also argue people have their own biases and much, yeah. Yeah. than uh, than you may have otherwise uh, with the with a, a more machine type algorithm. We can touch a bit on engagement if you'd like, uh, yes. Nick, and dive into sort of what you folks do. I know this is a majority of your work there, kind of you know sitting in the CTO role. When it comes to engagement, you know what I think is. You know, okay, initial messages to candidates that might be a fit, maybe initial assignments and responses to answer basic questions, but there's probably a lot more to it. Where does NLP really fit in there? Maybe you could paint a picture of what today looks like. Again, not not what we kind of have in the product roadmap, but you know, what we can do today with NLP and recruiting. Well, you can think about NLP as a way, the, the way we think about it is, I mean, our, our goal is to make uh, recruiting delightful and efficient uh, for everyone, including, you know, recruiters, talent management, and and the applicants or candidates themselves. And it's all about scale and automation uh, from that standpoint. But I have to have a way to have a friendly, I call it even delightful type conversation with the candidate so they are, you know, get a good sense and, and it represents the brand of the of the employer that's trying to that's you know trying to hire them. And but does it at scale? So I mean I guess I take an example. You can't if I have to hire 10,000 people, I can't have 10,000 recruiters talking to everybody every day, nope. right? Nope. And the problem that you have is that since I can't to somebody every day, then people that just get, they just get left behind. So you're, you're losing talent right there. Uh, that could be entered in, you know, into your talent pool. And then somebody that may be better for the job doesn't get lost. So if you, through NLP, you're able to automate those conversations uh, represent the brand of the employer and also engage all those candidates that we would normally not be able to talk to, screen them and assess them for their capabilities and skills, and then utilize that to say have the recruiters talk to the best fit out out of the the you know the entire pool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're folding in, but I'm seeing that that's a common also a common trend to be able to do that more broadly. It's certainly a burgeoning space, although I know that um, sort of, you know, my job here is to get into to specifics here as much as we can. I think the broad vision of, hey, wouldn't it be great if a machine could have an engaging and delightful conversation to be able to suss out people's skills and figure out if they're a fit and then pass them on to recruiters? Yes. So the, the answer to the, the question as to whether or not that'd be great would be yes. The answer of how much of that almost unlimited possibility space of potential conversation is, is currently conquerable by AI, 
uh, is is probably a reasonably narrow portion, and I, I bet you you know it's an important and uh, useful portion. But it's a portion. You know what what are examples of the kinds of questions that you know today would be achievable? Uh, you know responses answers would be achievable with a system like this. There's no open ended broad super intelligence here, but you know the the kinds of tennis balls that we can hit back and forth with an automated system in NLP. Um, what fits that bill? Well, I mean, I think it's a bit broader than you might think. Uh, so, I mean, we can we can enter, you know, typically if you go to somebody's career site, they have a list of FAQs. Um, hey, what is the culture like at the company? Somebody could, you know, in, in terms of NLP, you can put any set of list of questions that somebody can come up with and you have set up answers for those. Got it. Okay, so you can uh, figure out common question permutations and then match those to the answers that the company would want to have there. Exactly. And in fact, yeah, you can that with a very broad range of the way they ask the question. Any way that they can ask the question, the whole point is to determine what the intent of the question is, which is something that you do utilizing AI. Yeah. And from that standpoint, then I can map that to, oh, they're asking this question. And because, and I have that question in my list and I know what to give the answer. Yeah. So you would need, I imagine, a good amount of inbound volume and, and initially a lot of labeling to figure out what's what. But I think probably, Nick, the position for a vendor company like you guys, at least kind of the, the golden ideal here, would be that the way people ask about let's say, culture at AT&T versus another company, you know, time off policy at AT&T versus another company or Arby's or another company is actually maybe not terribly different. And once you've collected and labeled the permutations, you could hypothetically plug in with another company. And so long as you know their culture clip, you can sort of get that answer done. Is that is that a bit of the promise here? Um, no, absolutely. In fact, we're doing that today. Cool. cool. Got it. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's where the, the kind of vendor leverage can come in. I know a lot of companies might not be able to, from scratch, be able to build a lot of that. But if you have enough permutations of similar questions, okay, so Q&A sounds to be like a pretty important facet and factor of, of what we could actually get done. And again, I can imagine there's probably confidence thresholds, like maybe sometimes there'll be a question where the machine is only 70% sure that it's a question about, I don't know, parking policy or something. I have no idea. I'm just inventing something. And then maybe, you know, there are folks that would step in and sort of properly label that thing so that we can cons consistently educate the machine to some degree. There's some feedback process here, I can imagine. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And so that that's part of it is that we can gather up more information over time as people ask more questions. We can add that to our list of questions, um, identify what all those intents are, and then be able to answer all of them. So over time, it, it just it learns and it gets better. And that's a very key part of AI is that it's able to learn and yeah. improve over time. Another piece of it as well is on the screening and assessment side, there's being able to go look at, at a job requisition um, that somebody may have on a website and figure out what are the set of questions I should be asking for that? What kind of role is that? Yeah. That brings up a whole nother section of technology and capabilities that uh, you can use uh, something more along the lines of what we call semantic web or ontology-based uh, technology. There you have basically an understanding of how all the information in there is related to a broader set of information and use that to determine what what set of questions should I ask to determine the skill set for a given job. So that's that's also very interesting to help auto-generate, hey, a way to be able to screen 
candidate for, for a job. Yeah. Okay. So given, given the goals of this position and how they're described and given the name of this position and how it's described and maybe given the 400 other permutations of jobs that maybe you folks have listed that have been similar, maybe you could sort of coax out, hey, here would be some initial questions that are probably worth asking for this kind of job based on other folks. Almost sounds kind of recommendation engine-ish. You know, you mentioned kind of the semantic web, but it's almost like other folks hiring for this may have found it useful to ask. You know, is it would it would it function in kind of a similar sense here potentially? Well, I mean, it, it's there, there's a lot of information that may already be available. As like like NAI CS uh, as an example of of categorizations and understanding of what are all the attributes that are associated with a given with a given job. So I mean uh, maybe a, a good example would be well you talk about Arby's well there's a cook well the cook has to have maybe maybe needs a cooking school yeah maybe has to be a age there's a set of attributes that that are associated with that a set of skills. Yeah, I mean, in the case for me of having a background in technology, hey, if I were to hire a software developer, I would want somebody, I need somebody who knows Python, I need somebody who knows Linux, I need, you know, so there's kind of a list of things that I can come up with that would then uh, represent that job, but that that also ties in, I think, as you said, to a lot of other types of similar types of jobs out there that have, that, that are, are classified broadly for the uh, industry. Yeah. And I guess with enough similar positions, you could connect a lot of those dots and suggest them pretty, pretty swiftly for folks. So I think that that kind of makes sense on my end as well. And that's more or less right where we're at on time here, Nick. So I appreciate you being able to break down some of your insights and share a bit of the, the future of NLP in recruiting with our audience here on AI and industry. So thanks for being with us. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Fagella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.